Hello and welcome to Past the Pod to Your Witcher. I'm your co-host Dom. I'm your co-host Aaron. I'm your co-host Max. And today we're discussing chapter 3 of the first Witcher novel, Blood of Elves. So what did class think of it this time? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a weird chapter, isn't it? It's a lot of talking and a lot of description of swordplay and... Tristan Geralt being weird. The entire middle bit is the is a training montage. Yeah, yeah. So we get like like a wi- wild vision, a training montage, and then Tristan yelling at some witchers is basically this chapter. So um, as usual, it starts with one of these little interstitial things, and this is a excerpt from a book that is held by the chapter of wizards that describes the trial of the grasses. Yes, and given they're at so. Caer Morin and they're with Ciri and they've been discussing the changes in the trials and all that, it's, it's apt. Yes. What I think is really interesting is um, it, it starts like it's actually describing the scene we're at because in the chapter we go into it is um, Middenvern, which is the winter equinox. Um, and that's the time it actually is in the chapter. But this little excerpt is about a, a group of boys going through the trial of the grasses at the winter equinox. And it's uh, it's pretty brutal. Looking forward to what they're going to do in season two of the show, where they're apparently going to show us this. But it's um it's something. Mm. It sure is. Yeah. It's it's interesting as well because um I don't I don't know if like this, I'm presuming this was like like an original fa- like 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 thing and not just the Lithuanian translation thing. But um, mm. like it, it also contains like um the first comparison we see of like Witcher's eyes to something other than cat's eyes. Yeah, those uh, fight oh, because. Yes. Yeah, it compi- compares them to the days of a viper, yeah. which I just find interesting. It's just cool. Like, yeah, you know. it gives us that sort of um, external confirmation of the the rumors that Calanthe had heard and uh, of what Geralt said to his mother. You know, on the third day, all the children died save one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've actually I actually think those stats are that stat is worse than <laughs> than what they constantly <laughs> well, it doesn't say. say. How many? It doesn't say how many all of the children were. Yeah, yeah, but like, but it doesn't sound like there were three of them. They constantly no. say yeah. the third survive. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's interesting. Um, yes. Considering this is a first-hand account. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the account of Carla Demedia Crest, who I'm guessing is one of the mages who helped with the um, the mutations. Because I said a mage needed to to help with them, and yes. the problem was that they no longer have a mage with that knowledge. The 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 note after the after the interstitial bit says that it's a uh, uh, it's basically a secret document sent to the to the chapter of mages alone, and I find that interesting because um. um like uh, yeah, you could. She could either be one of the mages who helped with the mutations, um, mm-hmm. like, uh, or uh, I remember that the that the, the that the attack on Kerboran was incited by wizards. Um, so she could have been basically, you know, a spy supplying, like, fucking meat for the stew, if you will, of of boiling popular rage. Yeah, well, that actually makes sense because this account actually sounds like the account of someone who's only seen it for the first time. Yes. This doesn't sound like the account of someone who does this all the time. Yeah. Um, also, it does not sound like she has any active... I mean, it, it's kind of hard to tell, but it does not it does not confirm whether she's participating in it in any way. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting considering this chapter is all about Siri becoming a witcher and what it means to be a witcher and whether or not Siri can do that 
So very apt um, sort of epigram for the chapter. Um, so we get sort of into the chapter. It just sort of starts like in media res kind of right from where the last chapter ended. So the last chapter um, ends with Triss and Siri, and this sort of starts with Siri kind of, um, or sorry, with, with Triss um, kind of having a go at the witchers um, for basically having accused her of not being willing to keep Siri's gifts secret. Um, which I think there's um, a really interesting line here um, that um, uh, the, the line about um, etc. Yeah, it's the first line. <laughs> the time when wizards used to hunt sources and magically gifted children, tearing them from their parents or guardians by force or deceit is long gone. Do you really think I might want to take Siri away from you? And I actually thought that's um, an interesting line, not really for what it contributes to this, but what it contributes to the show. Because, like, you know, the books don't really give much of Yennefer's background, but the show shows, like, all of these girls having been, like, hauled away from their from their parents or bought or whatever. And it's like, I love finding, like, the little unrelated things that they pulled that from. Mm. Yeah, how they synthesize Yen's origin story from Tribs and Traps. Yeah, from all these, like, little bits and pieces about, like, what, um, like, life at Eratusa is like. And then, yeah, synthesize this whole backstory for Yen out of it. I just think it's fascinating every time we find little little bits like that. Um, but anyway, so Triss is having a, a, an argument with the Witchers. They clearly just sort of um, accused her of having split loyalties. Um, and... Um, they're, they're saying that she has, you know, all, all mages have a duty to report, um, sources back to the chapter and she's insisting that she won't, she won't do this, um, because she believes in destiny too. And if destiny means Siri's going to be a mage, destiny will sort it out and she doesn't have to, basically. (laughs) Which, Um, yes, in this deterministic land, well, fair enough. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, but the problem is, of course, that, um sources which are a specific kind of magically gifted person um much like we saw with pavetta and the show and pavetta earlier on in the short stories don't actually have control over their powers and can be very very dangerous to people around them and apparently if they don't gain control over their powers eventually um can develop pretty severe mental illnesses yes i think it refers to catatonia or epilepsy and stuff like that yeah um Mm -hmm. too much to what to which Lambert does not take very seriously. <laughs> yeah, I love Lambert just like not taking Triss seriously at all. <laughs> he thinks he thinks he's she's basically a doom monger. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's pointing out like, what are you talking about? Siri doesn't have any gifts. She can't even do like the Witcher signs that like literally anybody can do. You don't need to be able to do magic at all to be able to do the Witcher signs. Uh, but that's the thing with sources. Apparently, they are tapped into one specific kind of magic, and it takes really rigorous training to get them to be able to use it consciously, it's or not, it's, it's, for them to be it, unconscious. It's, and... it's not even. It's not even so much that rigorous training is necessary so much as that like that like at some point in their life it just comes out like mm-hmm. um like it did with well, Pavetta. the thing is it's already kind of coming out of siri <laughs> well well one of the ways they find out is because they give her um she accidentally drinks a witcher hallucinogenic um yeah but like they're they're aware of this uh but yeah. at least lambert clearly does not consider um the uh, having started to prophesy an actual magical talent, um, mm-hmm. th- which I think is probably an indication that, like, while being a medium is very frequent for sources, 
um, it's not just sources that can prophesy. Yeah. Right, yes. Because, like, otherwise Lambert would not be being so dismissive of it. That's true. Um, Unless he thinks she was just tripping, in which case... Well, I mean, he does... They they all just sort of are like, oh, she was talking nonsense, it doesn't matter. But they do do immediately follow it up with, but the next time she was talking... No, like, at at least Geralt and the others clearly are taking the fact that Ciri started talking serious stuff after talking nonsense fairly seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, clearly there's there's an understanding that the prophecy stuff is is weird and scary. Um, Yeah. Well, Geralt's taking it seriously because Geralt knew Pavetta was, well, he says he doesn't know for sure she was a source, but he saw what she could do. Yeah. yeah. And so it makes sense to him that Ciri... Like, so so I I could see Lambert just not just, like, instead just treating all this, like, as, you know, a trip, but um yeah, yeah i don't know like um yeah anyway yeah, in fairness it is mostly just lambert being kind of a shit and everyone else seems to be taking it a little bit seriously yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um anyway. yes but that 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 is um what happened they try to explain to Tris what happened and invite her to to have a drink with them and the drink is um I want to call it White Gull because of the games, but it's White Seagull, I guess, in this. Uh, ah, same mean, thing. Translation. It is, yeah. it is the same thing, and also, yeah. that's the same bird. <laughs> yeah. Like, True. as in, as in those, that's just the translation choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they invite her to partake of um, White Seagull, which is a very mild hallucinogenic. Um, they say it's only Black Seagull that's hallucinogenic, but I... I white seagull seems pretty trippy um, <laughs> maybe it's like br- british um absinthe versus dutch absinthe <laughs> yeah perhaps <laughs> i think i think like the the idea is that they're both magical um but uh white gold does not induce tripping in and of itself um, right it's just that it it can yeah invoke somebody's Various subconscious, ma- subconscious magical abilities. Yes, I think that's the idea. Uh huh. Hence why they, hence why incidentally they know Siri wasn't tripping. Yeah. So they invite Tris to to drink some to to understand what happened the night that Siri arrived. So the night that Siri arrived, she walked into the hall and was very thirsty. And before they could stop her, she basically just grabbed the pitcher and downed it. Um, kind of quite innocently. Which is such a silly um, thing to do. You just know that that girl, when she arrives at the castle, would just immediately take a picture of, like, whatever is on the table and just assume that it's safe. <laughs> Mine now. <laughs> that is extremely, like, Siri, who's been wandering in the woods for a year alone. <laughs> like... <laughs> like, like... No, no, what is that? Is that water? Can I have some? No, just take a picture and doubt it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like when I was when I was a child, I didn't know Bailey's was alcoholic, and there was always some in the house. And my parents were always wondering why it would disappear so quickly because for some reason I could, I couldn't, I didn't know what like the tang of it was. I didn't know that that was alcohol, so I would just like drink it like chocolate milk and get mildly tilted. <laughs> my aunt used to make us mudslides. Oh no. <laughs> Um, a, a solid when I was a kid, a solid like fucking maybe like four shots of vodka mysteriously disappeared from my mum's big bottle of vodka that she kept in the fridge. Mm. Um, like and and um, 
she was convinced for ages that that was one of my friends who is uh, who who was known for being something of a little bit of a kleptomaniac. Um, but like one time when he when he basically uh, when me and him were out drinking, he basically confessed to me that he had stolen like um a couple of things from my house um like it was irrelevant shit that like we had forgotten we had like 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 these these headphones that nobody had used for ages um like and and i was like did you also incidentally steal like some of my mom's vodka and he was like what no i have literally like never stolen drink from your house <laughs> like hmm. so we to this day don't know who who dragged like 200 mils of vodka. Uh, <laughs> a small amount stash. of vodka. <laughs> that is a significant amount of vodka. <laughs> like. Eight measures. Good lord. Yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't know. We don't know who it was. Like. Um, like, 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 like. And, and because the most obvious suspect was not it. Hmm. Could someone have been sleep drinking? <laughs> honestly, honestly, like. If, no offense to Bob if she's listening to this, but I can totally buy that she drank it and forgot about it. Like, <laughs> I would forget too if I drank two hundred milliliters of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> like, 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 like. Look, I'm just... It just sounds believable that you could just drink that and forget about it. Who, who in general, like, pays attention to how much vodka they have? Like really? <laughs> yeah, I will say my mom sleep eats. So. Oh no. Well. <laughs> no, there you go. That sort of thing happens. <laughs> she sleep ate an entire like pot, like stock pot of pea soup once. Oh no. Jesus. She must have been so <laughs> ill in the morning. <laughs> yup. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. So um yeah. yeah they basically um on the subject of drinking basically they they give Siri some white girl to induce a trance such that Triss can monitor it. <clears throat> oh oh we skipped them talking about her earlier trances though. Oh yes of course. Yeah so they they tell her about the first trance where she just sort of like down to the white girl talk nonsense spoke in a voice that wasn't her voice but uh, you know just the way that oracles speak. Mm. Uh, the second time she... Sorry, the first time it was nothing, just gibberish. The second time she hit her head during a training exercise and got knocked out. And um, also fairly incomprehensible, but you know they, they recognize this as the way that oracles speak. And then the third time, um, it was when she'd woken from one of her nightmares and uh, she foretold uh, death. She foretold Cohen and Geralt's deaths. Which is not at all unsettling, and of course remembers none of it. Hmm. So hmm. we've all been there. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So Trist decides that since it is um that it is the winter equinox, <coughs> and that is a apparently a good time for for these sorts of of investigations, uh, that she's just going to give Siri some white gull and see what happens. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Like all good scientific uh, experimentation. Yes. So Tris describes this as um, saying that Siri is like a magical transmitter and she needs to know what she is transmitting and where she's drawing it from. And so she's going to enter her mind while she's tripping on the white gull and see what's up. Um, which Geralt is not a fan of, but, you know, no one stops her, so. Yeah. <laughs> I love how, like, 
one more line right before she goes into the trance with Siri. Just chin up, boys. I've done this before. Just... <laughs> 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 Fucking hell, yeah. Tress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So we get this like extended trip where, um, because I've drunk White Seagull, um, they've got the power of sort of like suggestion and they're sort of in this trance flying around as, as seagulls. And then suddenly Triss is standing on Sodden Hill surrounded by the, 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 the sorceresses who died. Well, actually mages in general who died on Sodden Hill. Um, Bad vibes. Bad vibes. <laughs> and Ciri's being a creepy prophecy kid. Um, she's, she's standing on the hill and there's blood trickling down her hands. And I guess this is important for later. She's talking about the rose of Sherowath that she pricked herself with. It's only the blood of elves. She said the thing. <laughs> she said the thing. The Leonardo oh, DiCaprio the meme. <laughs> Pointing at the book. She creepy series being creepy and bleeding and prophesying and they're standing on the sodden hill and there's corpses and um there's um and the, and the next thing they know there's there's a flash of lightning and there's there's a marble staircase um and and series saying that they have to go down the stairs um and she's speaking in elder um saying you know the child of elder blood um the white flame um mm-hmm. and speaking in elder which i'm not gonna try and um Okay, um, I got really freaked out about the way that Siri, when she's tripping and having nightmares, the way that she talks about what happened to her. Like, obviously we know this isn't the case later, but is there like a rapey vibe constantly to the what did he do to me? I was frightened. I don't want to. No, I mean, no. there, there like, is, and it is yeah. deliberate in that like, like, like you can yeah. clearly see it because um, Geralt explicitly at one point says... She saw things in Riverdale that she was not meant to see. Like, like, like. Um, I am even I worried. I am even her. afraid that somebody might have hurt her. Yeah. Um. Like, there is a clear like thing going on here where we are meant to question whether something worse than just being kidnapped happened to her. Yeah. I think like yeah. I, I, I like it's it's actually an interesting moment as well, is because like okay so um. And we know, we know Sapik is like a pantser more than a planner. Um, like <laughs> like 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 he does tend to shoot from the cuff when like uh, like we're talking about how he writes and like and it and it feels like here the Black Knight was still intended as a more decidedly villainous character that um, Siri loves with all her heart and basically that like you know like like as in this chapter she later says I'm training because I want to kill him. Um, yeah. Like uh, before, before Sapik decided that maybe he she, he could do something more interesting. Yeah, and that's the question I have because the way he's writing this, like, yeah, okay, so he says the lion cub must die reasons of state, and that could be what she was reacting to. But the way she says, "What did he do to me?" Like that. Oh, um, the, the reasons of state says, line. The, the reasons of state line has nothing to do with Kahir because yeah, it's later. It's yeah. later in the books. It's to do with like the king's summit. Yeah, they but say I mean, that. like, we only technically have this line to work with right now, right? And it's, like, right. all the same line in the book. Um, but, like, we don't know, yeah, exactly whether he planned that. We don't know whether he planned this weird thing where, like, he's... 
he's weird about Siri through the whole series about her whole technical virgin thing. Like he's weird about this for the rest of the series. I'm just wondering if there's different things because like she doesn't always speak in the metallic cold voice when she's prophesying, right? Sometimes it's really dreamy. Sometimes it's... It's entirely possible that lots of people are sitting in Siri's mind trying to take it over. But like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that's impossible exactly. Well, Um, given given the obsession with like genetics and stuff like that, it's entirely possible that it's just like her ancestors or something. Yeah. So... there's there's this 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 vision that they have together and the, the the this voice that Siri is channeling, um and um she sort of recites like who she is in this prophecy, um and you know the voice is is um pretty much personally attacking Triss, um for having for for having gotten everything wrong apparently, um and then. Basically, Triss had tried to identify where the voice was coming from, but her her spell wasn't strong enough. There was just curtains and misdirection. Um, And then the voice basically dismisses her. She tells her, it tells her to just like fly away and go back to where she came from. And, you know, Triss keeps trying to conjure it and just like it basically dismisses her. In a way, um, is that not is that not Geralt's first wish from the last wish? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, get out of here uh, and go fuck yourself once again. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, though, well, basically, because like the la- the lines that like Triss is getting at the end was forget about him, don't torture him, forget, forget Triss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a bit a bit of a brutal bit as well. Poor it's like, Siri, who is having to be people's psychologist already, <laughs> like while oh, while know. while tripping, like yes. <laughs> the fact that the I ghost know. the the spirity voice says to Tress, which is a bit harsh. It's like you are already dead. Fourteenth one, everything in you has already died, which is yeah. Oof. To be yeah. fair, like she does suffer from like really big PTSD, so like it's I get it. Like like yeah. like. And she did say something like that, like right at the start when they're like, "Oh, what happened to you and your and your famed loyalty to the chapter or your legendary loyalty to the chapter?" And she says, "I am loyal, um, but you know, a lot has happened. The war changed many things, and the battle for Sodden Hill changed even more. I won't bore you with the politics, um, but it's, but just like she's she's kind of saying that Sodden, like she said before this even happened, that Sodden Hill changed everything and it changed the way she feels about everything. So I mean, it's yeah, basically she's... the pivotal event of her life. So yeah, yeah, like yeah, she has PTSD, um... like 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 very classic form of it. Like 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 so it's not exactly surprising <laughs> that the evil spirit is trying to basically fucking bring up her trauma in order to push her out of the dream. Yeah. Hmm. And she does come too in the best bed in Kermoran with Geralt there with mm. her. Um, not in the way she wants, but, um, thankfully, but not in the way she wants. He's more just there to make sure she's like alive. <laughs> but he's 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 giving her a cuddle. Well, she's struggling <laughs> to, to be fair, right? Like 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 like. <laughs> like I mean, to be fair, like I wouldn't blame Geralt if he wasn't if he wasn't like being at all supportive whenever she struggles but like but like if you disregard what she did to him like she she has woken up from quite an experience can we like this is something that's going to come up again later is like Geralt 
is so good to her. Like, he is a good friend to her. That's yeah. not what she wants, but he is a good friend to her. Unreasonably upset, so. He is right like, like, there. No like, she does not deserve done. it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like th this is yeah. actually something that, like, pisses me off about this scene because he comforts her and basically tells her that it's all okay and that she, she fucking like, pulls that entire, like, thing that, you know, like, all people do, you know, normal, uh, perfectly normal thing, like, where they fucking, like, expect reassurance, like, like, mm -hmm. like, and, and, and goes, like, like, and, and, like, you know, self-deprecates and goes, like, I was just your mistake, etc., etc., like, and then, and then he really gently comforts her and says that, like, to him, the mistakes matter, too, and that she's really dear to him no matter what. Like And is it because Geralt does not understand what she did to him. He does not understand yeah. that there was magic involved there. Like like <laughs> Geralt does not get that like his consent was massively violated. Like <laughs> Yeah. Cause that's the thing, man. It's like you wouldn't know, would you? You would just think no, you suddenly true. thought it was a good idea. It's true. It is Yeah. It, it like I mean, there are there are just dynamics that are unfortunately like, you know, like where someone who's been taken advantage of does not is not able to fucking truly articulate that even to themselves because because they're not sure you yeah. know like yeah, absolutely and and yeah. this is this is what's time, going on it's really depressing really yeah it kind of is because he's he is very good to her and very supportive with her i have i'm, I'm interested in one little piece one of the things with this chapter is like how many like little bits of and this is just how sapak writes like little bits of lore just get like dropped like um like when he's leaning over to comfort her um you know his medallion comes near her face and she turns away and it says there are many theories about the properties yeah. of witcher amulets and none advise magicians to touch them during the equinox what like 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 um yeah like 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 i was i was just thinking that like if that's the case why does Geralt not just smack wizards on in the face with his medallion more often when he's fighting on the, on the equinox just go around that's it vengeance mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is but why like, the mages wanted those, to end the wizard, those four witchers, witchers could actually take on the entire the entire chapter of magi like like on, on an equinox like like as as vengeance for the sack of caramoran Maybe that's why they sacked Kermoran. Like, I mean, counterpoint. Maybe that's that's why the canon, the witch hunts start. They're 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 started by the fucking school of the cat deciding to just <laughs> like. <laughs> Go all out on the, just... on, the, on, the, on the revenge, like. <laughs> I mean, I just I just love that that's how he world builds. Though, like, you'll be doing something else, and they'll just be like. A throwaway line and you're like okay there's something there um and then it's never brought but, up again um, like it's never brought up again yeah um so um they talk a bit about um the the, the trance tress asks if she said anything and he says no siri said only one thing which is a a a, a sentence a, a little snippet of the elder speech which means um something is ending um and, and and Tris just confirms that you know Siri is an exceptionally powerful medium. Doesn't know what she's contacting, but there's no limits to it. And that this is what you were saying earlier about something wants to take possession of her, something which is too powerful for me. Um, and says basically, you have to get Yennefer. I can't handle this myself. Which uh, Geralt is 
not happy about. He's, he's mixed emotions about the uh, scenario, shall yeah. we say. Yeah. Well, he turns his head away, clenched his lips. Um, and 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 Tress basically says, look, you have to overcome your pride and, and crush your obstinacy. Uh, you, you know, otherwise you'll torture yourself to death, death and risk serious health and life in the process. And other chances... Um, liable to be more dangerous to her than the trial of the grasses, which you know we got that lovely little snippet about how dangerous the trial of the grasses is. So, yeah. um, as you know, she, she, that he really has to ask Yen for help, and this is, um, yeah, this is where where Geralt basically asks Triss if she'll be okay if he calls contacts Jennifer, and this is where she does her whole like, I'm not important to you. I let you down. I'm just your mistake. That um, really manipulative. So manipulative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she says she'll stay till spring with Siri, um, and then go with her and Geralt to the um, Melitola's temple in Allender, because um, they've agreed that that's where Siri should go to school. Um, and yeah, it's, it's Triss um, stays around just and they to overheard look after her. Basically, Siri said out loud, and and both he and Triss heard her say, "Forget about him. Don't torture him." Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is this is actually quite good because it's like a lovely little bit about Geralt and Yennefer. Um, also, and you know he, what? She says, "I'm the one who ought to be asking forgiveness and not only asking from you." And she says, "You love her that much," and he replies, "That much." He admitted in a whisper. It's after a so nice. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he can't he can't even lie to people when asked about it. He just goes, yeah. Yeah, that much. Yeah. And it's and it's significant um, because remember that he's never told Yen that he loves her. Yeah. Like, um, <sighs> so yeah, that's something. Um, I, yeah. I also I also will say one fucking thing for Triss in this situation. I don't really want to, but I just feel like I feel like we have to provide balance. This is a serious podcast. <laughs> um, like, um, like I will say one thing, which is that um, she does not act weird about the necessity of fucking contacting Yen. Like, like yeah. she goes, "Yep, yeah, Siri needs this. I, I can't do it. We need to call Yen." Mm-hmm. Like. Yep, I know why you called me instead of her, but you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's and, it. and and you know, like considering how obsessed she is, I don't know. Like, that's character growth. Yes. Yeah. She's still she's still plenty weird later, but like, uh, yes, this she's able to put Siri's well being and needs above her own, and like and... does so pretty instinctively. Like, it's it's nice. Yes. Like, like, like. It is nice. Like, she, I mean, she, she, she well, might, be, she we... might be fucking terrible to Geralt, but she's, she's a good friend to Siri, and that's, you know, something. Yeah. One thing that we cannot fault Triss for is even if we find fault with the ways in which she does it, she does definitely love Siri and care about her above her own needs. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You know. Yep. That's something. <laughs> yes. Like at least, um... at least the terrible rapist has a humanizing. <laughs> yes um so siri is basically out of it for days and days and days uh 10 days and 10 nights and um tris stays with her the whole time um you know keeps constant watch and holds her and cares for her through the, the whole 10 days um and when she, when it finally ends, um, she calms and sleeps peacefully with no nightmares. And then it sort of just cuts to a training montage. Yeah, it's a bit just rocky. 
you know, there's... I don't know if there's even much we can say about the training montage, it's, really. It's, it's uh, literally... There's one part of the training montage that I thought was pretty interesting, but other than that, um, it is legitimately, just so, like, the readers know, because or listeners know, in case you haven't read it, it's just there's a long training montage of, of Lambert just being a bit mouthy and not liking Triss and kind of making fun of Triss. Um, Siri doing sword work, and then Siri learning elder speech... And then Siri learning how to do makeup and Siri learning about ghouls. So she's like got her like learning how to be a civilized lady again on one hand and learning how to be a witcher on the other and kind of doing both. Um, the only Ah, the two genders. Oh god, they're Tris telling her that like Oh, a woman accentuates her beauty for her own self-esteem, and then Siri later saying like about her eye eye makeup. Vesemir is like, "What do you got on your eyes?" And she's like, "Greater self-esteem." Like, oh, come on, <laughs> but I actually thought that was very clever. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's part of the entire thing where Tris is teaching her toxic toxic femininity, but like, it's funny. <laughs> it is. It is funny. <laughs> yeah, she's standing there with like a sword. <laughs> like waving like, it around. I, so I just, I just, I just find Siri's entire attitude so great. Like, like this is a talented. I'd love like, Siri. Just, she's like, a great. Does character. not take any shit. You know, like from people. Oh, she's just like, like compliment me, Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, that was the best thing. Yeah, when she pulls off the this thing that she's been struggling with. But the thing I love about Siri is she's got that like basic human need to be praised, but she's so confident and brash that she will demand the praise that she needs. Yeah. It's great. Like she asks yeah. Geralt to yeah. compliment. I did it. Her. I did it. Tell him, like, praise me, Geralt. It's like, <laughs> yeah. But um, that's actually what I wanted to talk about. Is not just not just that, but this bit in this training montage where um, Geralt's trying to teach Siri how to like fight multiple opponents using the the pendulum and sandbags and things, and she says that she can't do it because she doesn't have enough uh, impetus and she's not strong enough and. Um, Geralt, or she says to Geralt, I'm not going to be able to parry the pendulum with my sword. I'm too weak. I'll always be too weak because I'm a girl. And Geralt replies, um, I, you know, listen carefully. No strong man, mountain topping giant or muscle man is going to be able to parry a blow aimed at him by a Draco lizard's tail, Giga scorpion's pincers or a griffin's claws. And that's precisely the sort of weapons the pendulum simulates. So don't even try to parry. You're not deflecting the pendulum. You're deflecting yourself from it. Um, and then sort of says that um strength is necessary for a lumberjack or speed siri not strength strength is necessary for a lumberjack axing trees in the forest and that's why admittedly girls are rarely lumberjacks but i just thought that was like quite nice actually because it gives a little insight into like what it is about witchers that's unique and how it is that they're able to fight like these horrible monsters that like even mutants could never stand up to in strength um, and it's, it's because they're fast and uh, him trying to impart onto Siri that like, you know, don't listen to them telling you can't do it because you're a girl. Like strength means nothing with this kind of fighting style. And I just thought that was really nice. Well, they're dexterity based fighters rather than rather than strength based ones. Yeah. Um. yeah. They're swordsmen, but rogue class. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, but there's 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 um, an interesting thing there as well, um, which is that um in that in the scene with Geralt specifically, actually, he 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 encourages Siri to be less rhythmic in her fighting because this isn't ballet. You have to you have your your movements have to confuse your opponent. 
Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just thought that was funny because that is the exact opposite of how fighting works in the in the first Witcher game where you mm-hmm. absolutely have to learn to click, click your dice <laughs> oh gosh that's right oh yeah that's right you have to like yeah you have to get into this rhythm and like get into the like pattern of like um, yeah that's right <laughs> so, so that just confused me because that was that was that is the exact opposite of how of how sword fighting <laughs> works in at least one of the Witcher games. So after her training montage, um, which is basically the entire middle section of the chapter and just doesn't really bear discussion really, um, we end up um, sitting in sort of the the, the hall and. Um, everyone's talking about how spring is coming and how they'll go back out on the path and um, can we can we not to date the episode but can we just say there's a line in the middle of february the snow disappeared whisked away by a warm wind blowing from the south (laughs) and that literally just happened (laughs) yeah we just lost our snow a couple of days ago i mean it was really funny actually reading that because it was it was it was just like 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 talking about like how how fucking spring wind has blown like warm spring wind has blown into the fucking like like fortress and i was just like yeah it's 11 degrees all of a sudden today like i turned off all the heating in my flat because i actually was too warm <laughs> like yeah like 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 i i can i i i was literally too warm last night without the heating on in fact so i had to open the window this morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah i went for a walk today and the crocuses and snowdrops are up oh yeah. yay so yeah it like it's, it's nice. it just coincided perfectly with us actually reaching spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as we record this, you'll probably be getting this in like six weeks. But as we record this, yeah, I deeply have to apologize to anyone in the middle of America right now, uh, but, uh, because because we are actually have eleven <laughs> degrees in Scotland and it's really warm. Uh, <laughs> this is the time of year where I always send photos of the crocuses and. Uh, and daffodil well daffodils in a couple of weeks and i would send the pictures of the the crocuses and um snowdrops to my brother because he'll be under about four feet of snow still um yeah um but yes they're saying that it is spring and um they're they're starting to get talkative about going out on the path and um and they're talking about where they'll go and where it's likely to be able to to find more monsters uh where they'll be work and I will say, like, I actually think that Triss was quite right to um, snap about this because the line is is, is pretty brutal. Um, like, so they're talking about where to go and like, oh, we could go, you know, it, it, the, the hunting will be good south um, because, um, you know, that it's destabilized in a matter of way at war and because uh, they're talking about how there might be, um, you know, another war with Milfgaard building up. And... Cohen just says, um, the neighborhood grows deserted. Only women who can't fend for themselves remain in the villages. Scores of children with no home or care roaming around. Easy prey attracts monsters. Um, and then Eskel replies, and the Lord Barons and village elders have their heads full of the war and don't have time to defend their subjects. They have to hire us. It's true. Um, it's pretty cold, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I understand what they're saying, and I understand that they, like their job is to defend people from monsters, and that's a noble calling in itself. But the way they're talking about it, it does come off. I cold, suppose right? when you've lived for I mean, I mean, a long time. I mean, you also time. say noble, but to be fair, they do extract money for it, and <laughs> yeah, like, well, yes. I mean, that's what 
that's actually what what Tris snaps at them for um um kind of because yeah they do extract money for they they defend the children if they're paid to do it and i mean like yeah Tris snaps at them for it and like correctly observes that like actually i mean you know human suffering is profit for them like um yeah. which which and... is sort of true in that like if the like um like the witchers are the kind of profession where like you know if the world were set to rights there would be no need for witchers <laughs> like yeah <laughs> and i mean that's and like so i think Triss's speech here is pretty important um because you know Geralt says to her like Triss, i don't understand your sor- sarcasm and vesemir says you know what what do you mean uh, Lambert and Cohen speak frivolously, but it's not the words after all. And he's trying to say they defend children. Tris cuts him off and says, They defend these children, I know, from the werewolf who might kill two or three a year while an elf guardian foray can kill and burn an entire settlement in an hour. Yes, you defend orphans. While I fight, there should be a few. While I fight that there should be as few of those orphans as possible. I'm fighting for the cause, not the effect. Or I'm fighting the cause, not the effect. Um, and so she's, she gives us a speech about the, the like, you know, nobility of actually fighting to make the world better rather than just sort of killing the monsters that are left in the wake of the world being terrible. Um, I think she demonstrates such a total, my- such a total not understanding of Geralt Cephas when she tries to guilt him then like going like, I understand the rest of you, but you Geralt, I cannot like, you know, like, 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 um, it's just like, I mean, look. Yes, the, there is that entire thing where he actually does feel a lot, but, like, the actual real large-scale politics of everything, Geralt genuinely mm-hmm. does not care about. Yeah, and I mean, like, she's 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 also running up against what is supposed to be the Witcher ethos, which is that we don't get involved, we don't take sides, we kill monsters, we get paid. This, this world is not our responsibility outside of which that. is fair enough given thing, like, you know society kind of tried to exterminate them <laughs> yeah i mean like this goes right back like and in in the lore like this goes right back well in, in not really in the lore but in terms of like in the the stories and in the writing this goes right back to the very first story right like mm-hmm. well not really the yeah. first one it goes back to goes back to at least um oh shit uh the le- it goes at least back to the lesser evil yeah maybe not so much the witcher but it goes at least back yeah. to the lesser evil yeah. which is like the third story um, so it goes like right back to the start when this was just like random short stories. Yeah. Um, uh, th- this idea that that Geralt and Witchers broadly don't believe in choosing sides, but of course, right back to that story is also, but you do have to choose because this is nonsense. Yeah. 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 Um... And so we're seeing that conflict again here, where 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 Triss is, is saying that there is a, a larger world out there that you could be contributing to, um, and 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 Geralt's trying to make the case for for Witcher neutrality. You know, like, and that's what he says, like, I have no such motivation, I can't have, I'm a witcher, an artificially created mutant, I hunt monsters for money, I defend children when their parents pay me to, if Nilfgaardian parents pay me, I'll defend Nilfgaardian children, and even if the world lies in ruin, which does not seem likely to me, I'll carry on killing monsters in the ruins of this world until some monster kills me, that is my fate, my reason, my life, and my attitude to the world, it's not what I choose, it was chosen for me. Like as another opportunity to complain about his sorry lot in life. <laughs> like oh, well, I mean that's what she says. She she accuses him of being embittered and also of just being annoyed because Siri just prophesied his death, so now he's having a strop is basically what she accuses him of. Um but you know, he tries to deny that, saying like every witcher knows they're going to die in combat because no witcher has ever died in their bed. Yeah, we also get the the thing here, is it 
yeah, we get the rather visceral description from Triss about why she doesn't wear plunging dresses anymore and seeing Coral's dismembered corpse and... Yeah, actually, I kind of want to read this bit just because it um, they did such a good job in the show of, like, actually showing mm. this. So, like, you know, Triss talks about how she, she stood on... So, basically, when they're having this argument about, like... Um, um, about the value of fighting and, 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 and fear of pain and death. And she's like, you know, I'm afraid of pain and death too. And I have good reason. You know, I stood on Sodden Hill next to Vilgaforts and Artad Terranova. Um, and, oh, I never, I didn't pick up before that Enid Vintabear was supposed to be there. Oh, oh my. Um, that's something. Um, but yeah, she, she, she describes herself as, um, you know, you want to know what happened there on the hill. So listen, there was a din in flames. There were flaming arrows and exploding balls of fire. There were screams and crashes. And I suddenly found myself on the ground on a pile of charred smoking rags. And I realized that pile of rags was Yoel. And that the thing next to her, that awful thing, that trunk with no arms and no legs, which screamed so horrifically was Coral. And I thought the blood in which I was lying was Coral's blood, but it was my own. And then I saw what they had done to me and I started to howl, howl like a beaten dog, like a battered child. Um, I'm not a little girl from the tiny tower in Maribor anymore. Um, and then, yeah, she says about, like, they patched her back up, but they, the reason they thought she was the 14th one killed was no one could recognize her. Yennefer was the only person who would have been able to and she was blind. Um, and yeah, um, we were all cured, patched up, our former appearances returned to us, our hair and sight restored. You can hardly see the marks, but I will never wear a plunging neckline again, Geralt, never. Oof. Which incidentally, they did a great job of that in the show. Because the last time we see her in the show, she was having like a burning thing like plunged into her chest, right? Yeah, she was having a bad time. Yeah. Um, and they definitely dismembered Coral in the show as well. Mm. Which, so. uh, when you know, when you know about Coral's um, tendencies as a witch and what she did to people, <laughs> yeah, there's a certain irony to it. Yeah, there certainly is. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of lose your sympathy for Coral after that yeah. story. Yeah, what she did to Mosaic yeah. kind of puts a damper on it's Coral well. as a concept. Yeah. I'm not saying you deserved it, but you didn't not. <laughs> <laughs> you did not. <laughs> but basically, they're having this debate about how witchers are supposed to be neutral and just do their job. Um, and I gotta say, I don't know if that predates the sack of Kermoran or if it's something that they adopted later. But I can see adopting a "we stay out of everyone's business" ethos mm. <laughs> after being attacked. Um, so I, I like again, I don't know if that's a, an older ethos or if that's a newer one, but I uh, couldn't blame them really. Um, but they have this debate, and Siri, who is supposed to have gone to bed, sort of before they started this conversation, um, she's supposed to have been taken away to bed. She's found her way back into the hall and she's overheard fighting the, this argument and says to Triss, I'll stand beside you. And this is where she vows that um, she was going to get the Nilf Guardians and, and make them pay for her grandmother, pay for everything and that she hasn't forgotten and that she's training with the fight with the sword because she wants to kill the Black Knight uh, for making her afraid for what he did to me. So rapey vibes mm. still there. Yeah. Um, and Geralt says that if that's the case, then she has to stop learning until she understands what the purpose of a sword in a witcher's hand is. She won't touch her sword and she runs off. Um, yeah, it's uh, a lot of, a lot of chapters and episodes tend to end with Siri screaming and running away. Poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is also just like, I think 
I think Triss is really harsh in her response to this. I don't know about you guys, but like Triss is, seems like she's always wanting to accuse the witchers of something. Like her first thought when she first arrived was like, are they planning to mutate Siri? And that's why they've invited me along. And like her response to like Geralt losing it at Siri for having this emotional outburst is that like she accuses Geralt of not being able to relate to Siri being normal and having normal feelings and accepting emotions naturally. And that the fact that someone can experience normal love, normal hate, normal fear, pain and regret, normal joy, and normal sadness is like abnormal to him. And that she accuses him of an annoying him so much that he's starting to think about the vaults, about the laboratorium and the dusty demijohns of mutagenic poisons. Like he's accusing her, she's accusing Geralt of wanting to properly make Siri a witcher because he can't deal with her emotions. Mm. Okay, so I do think that like there's a little bit of <laughs> Geralt should be allowed, should be cut some slack um, like because um, like parenting is just challenging all his preconceived notions about how the world works. Um, mm-hmm. that she is not doing. Um, but, okay, so first of all, to be fair, like, like on, on his harshness towards Siri, like, Vesemir also calls him out, and quite yeah, rightly, exactly. because he overreacted as all fuck. Um, yeah. Like, but this is precisely it, right? Like, Triss does suspect the worst of the Witchers at all times, right? Um, yeah. But she also, if anything, kind of has a hyper-idealized vision of Geralt. Um, yeah. So the fact that her mind went there and the fact that like Geralt reacted with like such genuine anger but also an immediate apology. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say it by 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 but it it really makes me think that she probably read his mind. You know what this made me think of? Hmm. This made me think of um this made me think of um Mortal Engines, the thing with um Shrike and um the girl. I have not I read that shit. Most, the, of, most be... of Mortal Legends characters, I'm not gonna lie. Um... <laughs> oh, the like killer robot guy who's who raised yes, the girl yes. and was like, "Don't be sad yes. anymore. I can make you an undead killer <laughs> robot like me." <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, no, I mean, like, 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 this is the thing. Like, look, we all love our boy. Like, Geralt's a good lad. Um, like, but, um. It's it's hardly like not obvious that he's not exa- exactly sure how to do parenting. Um, yes. <laughs> like uh, it clearly perplexes him a lot. I would not be shocked if Triss had actually simply read his mind and at one point it had gone like like at one point when he was so angry like like he thought something along the lines of like well maybe if she was more like us she would be able to control her emotions. <laughs> Like, um, <laughs> not realizing that it has nothing to do with, like, you know, the fucking mutagens and more to do with the fact that their emotions were arbitrarily fucking suppressed by everyone around them. Well, yeah, it's because that's what, that's what she snaps at him next was like, is that like, um, you're only thinking about that because you don't want to admit the truth with the truth that everyone knows except for you, that your human emotions and feelings weren't killed in you by the elixirs and grasses, you killed them, you killed them yourself. Geld is Witcher Wharf in that like that like she's completely <laughs> right in that is. like in that like in that in that literally everyone except for him knows that. Because Lambert, Cohen and Eskel and even Vesemir do not pretend that they're not emotional beings. <laughs> Yeah, like, Cohen, like, she notes that, like, Cohen is, like, laughing while playing, like, hand-slapping games with 
you know, with Siri and um and Lambert, if and, nothing else, is Lambert cheeky. is like a sarky like, bitch. Yeah, he, he's yeah. got he's got a bucket <laughs> of sass. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Lambert is absolutely a bucket of sass. And the thing is, is like Geralt knows he's not emotionless. Like this conversation earlier with Triss was like was like you love her that much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, he flips out at the in this in this conversation. Like, Geralt himself, like, 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 just, like, just clearly tells himself that to yell at himself and to cover like fucking decades of trauma of existing in society. Like, yes. Um, but, but, like, you know, like, as a result of being heavily inside that trauma at all times, I, I wouldn't be especially shocked if, like briefly like you know in the ways in the in ways that like basically don't matter because he would have never taken that step um mm-hmm. he at some point did think what if we did try to make city an actual witcher yeah like you know yeah, in, in a rage like etc that yeah i can see someone having that thought in a rage like because he is clearly not processing parenting well so i wouldn't be shocked if he had that thought at some point Triss happened to read it um, mm-hmm. perhaps even literally just now, right? Like, um, um, because we know that sorceress, sorceresses do not believe in fucking privacy as a concept. Um, <laughs> That's true. And I can, I can see that thought having happened because like the thing he's angry with her about right now is she does not understand what it means to be a witcher. So yeah, that, yeah, I can see him having jumped to that thought just in a rage, even if it would never have entertained it consciously the logic is there right like i don't i don't think it's i i i think that like um tris would have to be extremely angry at Geralt to unreasonably accuse him of something as serious as that um and he would have to have had to react differently which is to say with like less 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 horrified fury and more like you know disdainful anger (laughs) like yeah. Like, like if if that thought had not crossed Geralt's mind, he would have responded more with, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, yeah, yeah, because it's Vesemir that yells at Triss to shut up, basically, not Geralt. What was it? Um. So, yeah. So it says Triss called Vesemir, gazing at Geralt's face, suddenly grown pale. But the enchantress refused to be interrupted and spoke faster, louder. And then she goes on her next rant. And then silence. He shouted, but the last person who spoke was Vesemir. So I think that's Vesemir. I mean, in the Lafayette translation, silence, the Lofe- oh, um, so after she said immediately after she says the the um, lab full of mutagens line, uh, then Vesemir shouts at her to shut up. Uh, but like, or rather, he just shouts Triss, like. Triss. But um, the person who actually tells her to shut up um, oh, is Geralt. that is Geralt. Yeah, it's very confusing. So the last male who spoke was Vesemir, and then it just says he shouted. But you're right, I think that is Geralt. I mean, in, in the Lufanian translation... Which is interesting, he calls her Marigold. In the Lufanian... In, usually Geralt is... In the Lufanian translation, it says Geralt rather than he, so... Uh-uh, okay. It just says he. This is that just, yeah, sense. another example of, um, yeah, just suboptimal yeah. translation. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting he calls her Marigold because that's usually just yes, Eskel. exactly. Eskel's kind of well, you know, it's 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 like the the Lambert rather than Eskel, but yeah, um, or Lambert. Sorry, that does that it's, to annoy It's the it's the um, call someone by their full name, like when you're angry. Think like um... yeah. I will say I do like wince when people call me by my name when they're angry with me because. Um stupid childhood trauma shit (laughs) yeah i mean i would i would find it so perplexing to be called by my full name that i would probably physically wince 
Yeah. I some I find I find it yeah. weird being called Magnus. Like I'm so used to being called anything but my actual first name <laughs> that if like the only people who really call me it are like my family. Like it's just quite disconcerting. Like my family and my boss. That's about it. Everyone else pretty much is some variant thereof. Yeah. No, when my mom was mad at me, it was always either Aaron Jennifer, but with like every syllable of Jennifer. Jennifer. Right in <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <sighs> right. So, um, Gerald apologizes. Um, I'm not sure why Gerald apologizes. I mean, he apologizes for yelling at Triss, but Triss has also been saying some horrible things to him. But Gerald apologizes. I, th- I think that's it. I think he apologizes because, like, she's not wrong in this instance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they go off together. She throws her. In the English translation, it literally says she threw herself at him. Um, <laughs> So she throws herself at him, and they go off to find Siri. To be fair, I think um, I think it's because he tried to storm out, and he and she like basically stopped yeah. him from like doing it alone. Yeah. But then they rescue Siri um, from falling off a fucking wall. Uh. Yeah. So Siri is standing on the edge of a wall and sort of has her hand on her sword and is saying, "No one's going to take my sword away from me. No one, not even you." And Geralt's trying to reason with her and tell her to come down. And um, shit trips. Siri goes to jump onto another part of the wall and and the castle being ruined the brick is loose and so she starts falling uh but Geralt manages to catch her (sighs) do you guys know do you guys have any thoughts about this because it just says you know you know she was going to fall and Geralt catches her um he falls but he doesn't let go of Siri and then you know Triss approaches them slowly she heard the girl whisper and sniff Geralt too was whispering she could not make out the words but she understood their meaning a warm wind howled in the crevices of the wall the witcher raised his head spring he said quietly yes she acknowledged swallowing there's still snow in the passes but in the valleys in the valleys it is already spring shall we leave Geralt you Siri and I yes it is high time end of the chapter what do you think they were talking about? I don't know, probably just genetic, like, fucking... Yeah, I'm just... Geralt apologizing for yelling at her and stuff. It's... Yeah, just... But then to have immediately, in that moment, been like, and we need to leave Kaer Morin immediately, like, as soon as possible. Um, I just read that as a side effect of, you know, spring wind blowing into the forest. Yeah, and also just generally being a bit fed up yeah. of the place. Like, yeah. like, like... Don't overthink it, Erin. It's meant to be poetic. There's spring wind in the valleys. Like, it's time to go. Like, it has nothing to do with what Geralt and Siri were talking about, which was probably genetic apologizing for the, misunder- for the situation. And also, you're still alive. Good. You know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Though, really, it's not overthinking it, the point of having a podcast. <laughs> no, it's true. But I just think in this case, there's not much there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's it. They're, they're going to leave Kaer Morin. She's been there training. For the for, entire winter. But, but, yeah. For the entire winter. And presumably for a little bit before that, because she was already pretty agile and running the trail and stuff, um, when Trish showed up, so. It is interesting that generally, like, also, like, you know, when I think about it, that, like, um, only Vesemir among all the witchers, like, actually really stays in Kaer Morin. Because they'd already been talking, like, like mm-hmm. earlier in this chapter, the witchers talk about the ventures they will embark on in spring. And I mean, to some degree, this is a, this is a yeah. logical truism, which is that they need to earn money to buy food to winter um mm-hmm. like but but i think it's still interesting that they do however return to care more to winter when you know surely there are monsters kicking about in winters as well um mm-hmm. like it's like, just a wee family reunion isn't it really it is it is a wee family reunion yeah but also like i mean there's also something to be heard, perhaps said for like um if you want to stay 
like you know if you if you need a place to like kick back basically have a vacation it is it is only really safe fully safe for witchers when it's winter um because otherwise the passes are walkable and it's entirely likely you might fucking fall victim to another sack <laughs> mm. yeah that's true it's interesting, right? Because we know the sack happens, so obviously people know where Care- some people, anyway, know where Caremoran is, and yeah. it's not unfindable. But at the same time, Triss says um, th- to Siri when when she first shows up that like, you know, if I hadn't been here before, you know, it would have been impossible for me to get here or something like that. So I guess it's probably not very well known anymore. It but... must be like information yeah, that the mages keep under lock and key. <clears throat> mm-hmm, I would think so. Like, I mean, I I don't. I don't really know exactly why they would, but I can think of at least a few reasons. So, well, I think they just don't love information sharing. Yeah, they just <laughs> they just hate people knowing shit. Like, <laughs> well, they actually do, right? Like, there's um, there's some stuff later about how the mages feel about like the doctors who are developing yeah. like, non magic based medicine. Yeah, yeah, there there's a real there's like, a real like there's it. a real thing going on where like um. They 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 resent the fact that they are slowly being rendered fucking well not obsolete but not as necessary as they used to be and can't fucking well yeah metallurgy and medicine and stuff like that and weapons and armor yeah. are starting to develop so yeah yeah science net I mean you'd think that someone who like you know like a mage who like you know knows like like that has like a little bit like fucking more practical pro- more practicality less hyper self-respect like like would lay would you know fucking tap into that niche mm. because the, the magical skills actually sound extremely useful in the advancement of even you know shall we see secular science but yeah like especially metallurgy like there is a lot a mage could do in a fucking black in a in a fucking you know like blacksmith's guild mm-hmm. but like um yeah and i mean especially because the mages but it's because like, they're so obsessed the with preserving their privileges as a guild that they don't they they they, they yeah. literally they, they would prefer to like 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 it be like the good old days where they can live aside from society but they but they hoard all the practical knowledge and power yeah yeah and i mean like one gets the impression from the way magic works in this world and like how um, series being taught and the way that Triss talks about medicine and things is not that the mages just like know spells and the spells have an effect it seems like they have to understand the way they are affecting the physical world for their magic to work a lot of the mm. time right like that just seems to be part of it so like it seems like they have a lot of knowledge they could contribute to non-magical people and they're just not <laughs> so yeah 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 not great brotherhood of wizards I mean they're not great people no, they're not. I mean, we've been, we, that's been sort of our, our thing from day one. Yeah, we've, um, yeah. That's the, that's the long and short of it, really. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next time when we discuss Chapter 4 of Blood of Elves. Our music is Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Perny and Milislav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org. And you can find us as at the Witcher Cast on Twitter and Tumblr. And or you can email us at castapodsyourwitcher at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.